0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another week here on Locked On Browns for your Monday episode, a little bit later today. um, A little, some personal stuff uh, in the Lloyd family, Um, but we're still going to get you a fantastic week of content here on Lockdown Browns. Like we always do make sure following at Lockdown Browns, me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, rate, review, joining us here. um, We're going to get to a few things. Obviously we have a Super Bowl matchup we can discuss. Um, some things uh interestingly enough going down in Detroit. And it's time to start doing some, you know, positional value, uh, I'm sorry, positional uh reviews for the 2020 season and where they most likely could be going further. From sports illustrated Browns Digest at underscore Pete Smith underscore Mr. Pete Smith. Uh Yesterday, uh, Tom Brady, uh, age does not appear to be something that is relevant to Mr. Tom Brady as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to hold off some interesting, I would say, coaching choices by the Green Bay Packers. And the Buffalo Bills went into Kansas City, uh, tried to you know hang around for a little bit, um, and again, uh, another team, Uh, with a concept of if you're trying to knock out uh, somebody of that ilk, uh, you better understand it's not going to be with three points. Um, But I guess we can start here, uh, Pete, with the NFC Championship. uh, You know, there was mistakes. There were opportunities given. But somehow, some way, it just could not be capitalized upon by this Kansas City – I'm sorry, by this uh, Green Bay team. And, you know, if you're going to give – Tom Tom Brady the opportunity um, he's not going to give it to you. Uh,
0: coaching malpractice on both sides. Um, obviously, uh, Lafleur is always always going to be known as the guy who took the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands with a chance to tie it, so he could go still need a touchdown to win the game. Um, and then Bruce Arians take you know accepting the encroachment penalty. Uh, gave the, the packers a shot uh if if your guy uh could cover anyone um what's his face uh the the t- king king couldn't cover anyone uh and 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 everybody's complaining about the officiating on that but the reality was like I understand that it it uh, wasn't called throughout the game which was bad in itself but King didn't even try to play defense. He got beat and just grabbed. There's nothing, like, effort-wise, there's no attempt. It was just grab and hold on and hope they don't call it again, which is just stupid. So, um, look, the Green Bay Packers had plenty of opportunities. I I thought they were going to pull it off in the end because Tampa just wouldn't stop doing stupid things. Uh, But the biggest takeaway – uh, as somebody who watches the Browns, who covers the Browns, who roots for the Browns, is that game was entirely defined by explosive passing plays, all game it was explosive passing plays. Each team had a 50-yard plus pass in the first half. The Browns had one all season. Um, they just you know, and, and obviously that the the uh, Scotty Humphreys or whatever whatever little wiener Scotty Miller uh speedy guy going right past Kevin King again uh was a game-changing play and the Browns (laughs) don't have like they don't have that element and it's very frustrating and just the, the 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 fact that they basically you know put it put the Packers in a situation where if you make a mistake you're gonna lose and they made a mistake Kevin King treated him like he couldn't get past him, and he ran right by easily. And it and it obviously, uh, you know, proved to be a huge difference in the game. And that was sort of uh, what I watched. Is is uh, you know, both teams have a ton of receivers that can stretch the field, make big plays, and and that's really
1: what it came down to. Uh, it, it Just the one of all this, and look, the game itself, Pete. I mean. Tom Brady is going to play in his 10th. 10th Super Bowl. This is just absolutely insane. I mean, just to even utter 10th. As it's it's not how it works. So, any young player, don't get your hopes up because it's not gonna happen to you. But you know, with everything with New England going to Tampa with a system that was different than what he was used to. Um, you know, big receivers that can get down the field, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, you know, bringing Gronk along for the ride, so to speak, Leonard Fournette of all people being your feature back. And here it is, his 10th freaking Super Bowl, Pete.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's on on some level you're in awe of his accomplishment, and on some level you're like, Come on, NFL. Well, like, come on. 10 we we couldn't stop this guy you know more than that like that's there. there's like this element where it's sort of uh you know obviously the good news is the Browns were never competitive in any of those chances so they they never had the he never had to go through cleveland his luck his luck i suppose uh but uh <laughs> there's this, just this the, you know the whole talk about parody thing and you know there's nothing remotely looking like parody when when Tom Brady's going to Super Bowl number ten.
1: It almost makes you wonder, like you know, just for you know, just for the shits and giggles of it, should Tom just go play for another team next year, and and let's just see if we can do this again. I mean, it, it just crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, Chiefs, Bills. Um, uh, some people, Pete, deserve some apologies. Um, Joe Woods might be one. Stephen A. Smith, um, I forget the name. She wrote the uh, read, uh, the article through the Athletic. Mark Sessler brought it up a couple of times for you know e. Browns listeners, Locked On Browns listeners, where the most difficult matchup possibly in the playoffs for the Kansas City Chiefs to get the opportunity to repeat as Super Bowl champions was going to be the Cleveland Browns, and with the way the Chiefs defense played yesterday with the way Josh Allen certainly played yesterday, a lot of people look right. And for everybody who was given Joe Wood such a hard time, and it's gone on this entire season where the guy went into the season, you know, with a half a toolbox and it got worse and even worse as the season went on, not counting, you know, the, the COVID, you know, players he lost, not counting Olivier Vernon lost, not counting Grant Delpit lost. uh, a lot of people maybe should walk away from that AFC Championship yesterday, feeling a lot better about this Cleveland Browns product, and maybe it's a lot closer than some people are, you know, readily of uh, wanting to admit. Oh, uh, so what it says
0: is Joe Woods was right on the theory of the case uh, in the playoffs that uh, he did, you know what the Browns could do, which is they played quarters and they tried to keep everything in front of them and both against the Steelers and the chiefs that made all the sense in the world, especially since the, uh, the Raiders did the exact same thing in the regular season. And they were the team that gave the chiefs the biggest challenge uh, there in both games. It was, it wasn't even close. The bills have a defense. Uh, They have real corners. They have, Um, A number of pretty good players, their defensive line is, I've been, you know, sort of, I questioned a number of their signings for very large dollar amounts for guys I would basically characterize as, you know, Jags, like Quentin Jefferson and Vernon Joseph or whoever, you know, those guys, or Vernon Butler, like these guys that aren't really good, but for whatever reason, they were getting like $8 million a year. And it was just sort of like, I get you have a lot of these, but none of them are actually any good. And a guy I love, Ed Oliver, has not worked there. I don't know how much of that is scheme and how much of that is him. Uh, But they tried to play aggressive. They tried to play man coverage and do a bunch of things. And they had uh, Tremaine Edmonds try to man up Travis Kelsey for, for a number of points. And they tried to double him and all these other things. And they had no chance. And, you know, that was the thing. is like, And I brought this up watching the game is like, there are people who who are like, man, you know, I, I understand the Browns don't, you know, necessarily value linebacker, but I really love Zaven Collins on this team, to which my question is, does Zaven Collins have an impact in that Bills-Chiefs game? I don't care which team he's on, just does he have an impact? Because beyond the Ravens, uh, beyond the, you know, maybe the Tennessee Titans, maybe the Dolphins, you're going to be having to go through the AFC playoffs playing likely the Chiefs and the Bills. So if you're going into this draft, why, are you, why would you pick a player that doesn't help you beat those teams? Um, and that's sort of where things are at. So I, I, there are certainly things I, I think Joe Woods deserves uh, criticism about. Um, I think the miscommunication issues are a legitimate question, especially when that's happening week 16 or, you know, against the Jets. Um, but I think the biggest thing Joe Woods gets right, which I think is really important, is understanding what the NFL is and where it's going. There's absolutely things he has to get better at. There are calls he has to improve upon. But just understanding what you have to do to win. Um, and I know Patrick Mahomes went, went down for an injury. Maybe he scores 40 in that last like quarter and a half. But to that point, they were holding them to field goals, and they had 22. You know, they could have scored 60 against the Bills if they wanted to. You know, they didn't slow down anything. The Bronx had far less talent at, at corner, far less talent at safety, far less talent at linebacker, and they gave up fewer yards to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey than the Bills did. So just on the theory of the case, Joe Woods was right.
1: Your takeaway from that is, you know, knowing that you know this is going to be something that the Browns are going to pursue this offseason is the improvement of their defense is getting some players back. I, you know, IE Grant Delpit and now you tried to slay the dragon that is the Kansas City Chiefs and this is again now your benchmark. This is who you are trying to, you know, become to knock off of said pedestal. And, you know, you tried to put your team in a position where your quarterback could win the game. And if it wasn't for, you know, fourth and one, where the Chiefs were certainly leery of the possibility that Baker Mayfield could take this team down the field in small to medium chunks to possibly get said victory. Um, And that's where you have it. Um, But it's, you know, you're talking about, you know, probably the greatest quarterback that's ever lived, probably against the only one, right now who could possibly knock Tom Brady off that pedestal one day should be a hell of a game in two weeks. Um, But for that, you know, we've covered it, but uh, we've got, you know, this is not exactly essentially what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Browns and things Browns related. And we are going to continue to do that on the latest, most current Lockdown Browns. Stick around. We got more coming when it comes to getting or staying in shape. Nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. can talk about hitting new goals this upcoming year. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rolling machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. The EX75 is Echelon's latest state-of-the-art Innovative, uh, innovation that takes cycling to the next level. The EX75 connected bike is built with performance, flexibility, and durability in mind. The EX75 is the bike for competitors at heart. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand audio level classes, always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone and One membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D, capital O-N. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N-N, fit.com slash locked on. Pete? Detroit tried to slip a hire in over the weekend kind of quietly with all the anticipation of, of, you know, championship Sunday. Um, John Dorsey part of the Detroit lions front office. He's
0: so Lamar Holmes is the general manager of the Detroit lions. Uh, They appear to be doing something akin to what the Browns did with Ryan Grigson. Uh, look, I, 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 no one, no one's unclear on my opinion of John Dorsey. Uh, I can see where this works in the event that John Dorsey is never allowed in the building, and if he is somehow allowed in the building, it's in like that Hannibal Lecter setup. <laughs> <with> <laughs> and the whole thing because he's just so bad with people and players. Uh, I don't, you know, if you're saying that John Dorsey is like basically kept in a cave, allowed to watch tape, which is apparently what he loves to do anyway. And he gives you like feedback. If he, if
1: he basically has, without a combine, it might be of some assistance.
0: Yeah. If you, if he's doing basically what the Scott McLuhan role was for the Browns, then there's, uh, you know, then there could be a real benefit from this. I mean, at, at that point, the GM can avoid taking the guy who may or may not be a serial killer. Uh, You know, he may avoid the guy who's failing a drug test right in front of you. Uh, And then he can sort of pick up on the things that John Dorsey does correctly and can really help you win. I think if you, you know, the biggest thing John Dorsey can't get out of his own way when he's sort of free reign. So, if the Lions are essentially setting up this framework where he can't do those things, like you know potentially benching players or trading them without even letting them know, or you know the, all these things that just make him just a just a, a miserable human being, uh, save for the one moment of real humanity he showed when it, when it came to Brashad Perryman. Credit to him on that one, letting him out of his contract after the trade. Um, he you know they're, they're undoubtedly things he's good at. He's not a good GM. He's a good guy to watch tape for. You know, he 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 can he understands uh, what he's looking at on tape. It's certainly a valuable skill set. Certainly something that can help help the Lions. It just can't be more than that. Uh, the Lions are a very strange collection of coaches and front office. And I'm, very, you know, as Jeff Risten keeps pointing out, the Lions are interesting. He's right; they are interesting. I don't know how it's going to go. Uh, But they are definitely interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, whether it's Campbell, whether it's bringing in the likes of, you know, uh, somebody like Deuce Daly, who obviously produced, you know, extremely well, you know, as a player um, and is, you know, probably knocking on that head coaching door himself. uh, It's going to be interesting. But again, it's going to come down to some things. And, you know, you've got to start to show that you're treading water. Uh, before you can get free agents and Browns fans, obviously you know this. You saw this firsthand the last couple of years. You've got to start, you know, treading water and show this um, before somebody's going to commit in free agency. Because look, you can draft your butt off, and, and that's not always going to be the be all end all. Uh, you've got to find a way where there's a free agent out there, and it's not overpaying for a name that's you know near a decline. It, it's finding somebody who in their prime. Can assist and looks at your franchise as a potential winner. Uh, It's, you know, that's the only way to do this. And, you know, Detroit obviously is is never, (laughs) never been there. Uh, Green Bay, regardless of what happened yesterday, you're still looking at that as the top of that, you know, division. And, you know, it's – and you get reputations like this of, you know, that's great, you know, he'll be there for two years and then they'll be doing this all over again. And, you know, Detroit's got to find a way to, you know, just – most of it comes down to play. It's it, You're going to have to find some guys to contribute, find some guys to play and make a difference. Otherwise, you know, we'll be having this same conversation about the Detroit Lions in two years where it seems like we've been doing it forever, other franchises included. I know I'm not discrediting what's gone on here in the past. And, you know, I mean, y- y- you'd love to see it, but Pete, I think it's kind of now where you look at it and you just say, well, okay, you know, we've seen this before Detroit and, you know, who, who's going to be the next hot name that's going to flame out in Detroit in a couple of years i i wish i I very much wish
0: he got a do over um on the press conference um what do you I, mean, have not imagine, knees? I have to imagine that like he got out of there and he's just like, What the hell was i doing like or or if he goes to like meetings with players or other coaches, they aren't busting his balls about biting knee kneecaps. Like, you know, you know, I, I get, I get what he was trying to do. Uh, It's fine. Uh, you know, if he wins games, no one will care. Uh, But it was just, you know, it was just, he got carried away. I don't know what he meant to say when he was starting with kneecaps. Like, I don't know <laughs> if he was going to say bite their balls off or something. I, I don't know, but he ended up on kneecap. It was just very weird and specific. So I, you know, I don't have any issue with Detroit. I, you know, I, I hope it works. I, I credit them for sort of taking this approach with Matthew Stafford and trying to advance this thing. They've got guys like Kenny Galladay and some of these other players. They're they're pretty good, and they can they can sort of uh, stop. You know, pretending they can sort of make this thing work as much as it should have. So, I mean. You know, it, it's certainly possible that two years down the road, they'll be down Matt Stafford and still be looking for all these other things. But um, I think the ripping the band aid off approach is probably the best thing for the Lions. Um, but yeah, it's I, the Lions are just a weird team in terms of their roster makeup because they have some really, really good players and they have some really bad players. Like, there's no in between. <laughs> you don't have very much in terms of just average guys, uh, so it, that that's that's you know it's they're going to be dead last in the NFC North next year. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, it's just a question of can they get
1: through that, unless and and a quarterback goes down back. or something. But yes, it's you know we'll see. Uh, it's you know it's the Detroit Lions, and you know obviously everybody looks you know to, you know, want to, you know, basically, you know, break the mold, change everything, get back – I'm sorry, get back, get to prominence. Um, But we've just done this too many times before with franchises. Again, hits close to home, doesn't it, Browns fans, um, where you have no belief that it's ever going to get better. But, you know, for all the Lions fans, hey, let's go ahead, bite some stinking kneecaps off, and we'll see you all in the 2021 Regular season. The approved bill bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in chocolate. They are soft, and they are easy to chew. They are great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great with the keto diet. The for your coconut almond bar is 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, carb. Go to billbar.com. Use the promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code locked on, percent off. At builtbar.com. Are we ready for Super Bowl Sunday? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The elite of the quarterback position in Tom Brady over the heir apparent to the quarterback position in Patrick Mahomes. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline. For a free account at betonlinedata.ag and use the promo code all caps locked on For your 50% welcome bonus. Not only can you start. Majoring college uh, college basketball. The NBA. NHL. Anything you want. BetOnline.ag has you covered. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code. Locked on. To receive a 50% welcome bonus. With your first deposit. BetOnline. Your online sports book experts with the ending of a season and we'll get into this uh and by the way um tomorrow evening um one of pete and i's favorite people is going to join us on lockdown browns so make sure you're checking out for that along with everything else pete started got to do you know your year in review positional reviews going further And I don't think there's any other way to sum up this 2020 NFL season than to start to talk about the quarterback position. And Baker Mayfield, who early in the season, um, during some weather issues that some people put on him that wasn't necessarily on him, and then just got to a second-half stretch where you saw him go back to the 2018 form You saw him go back to what made him the number one overall pick in the 2018 NFL draft. You saw a playoff game win. Then you saw a playoff game on the road where just smart, smooth, concise, accurate. Looking at this quarterback positional room where it is, and Pete, we mentioned the last time we spoke about where there's going to be times where, you know, this team is going to have to maybe come up with some extra money and we can get to that after we talk about number six, Baker Mayfield, but Pete, you know, and we saw it with other quarterbacks who played during the playoffs this year. And you talk about the AFC where we got down to the final four teams where it was, you know, 25 or younger between Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. And this is what the, Future of the AFC is most likely going to be with these quarterbacks if these other front offices can handle getting these rosters right because these guys are there, these guys are the goods. Um, but anybody who had their pauses or hesitation due to Baker Mayfield's 2019 season or some bumps in the road early in the 2020 season, like Coach Stefanski, who said he is so close to the marriage of this scheme and his talents taking off which we all should listen to when coach was speaking on it this is this is the guy and you know if it's another 10 another 12 this is the quarterback this is the guy behind center for the cleveland browns going forward for what should be a long foreseeable future
0: uh so i tweeted out last night uh that that I thought Baker was the Baker's the best of the 2018 quarterback class, which depending on your viewpoint made me very popular, very unpopular. Uh, And the reason I did that was in addition to watching uh, Josh Allen, predictably Josh Allen, his way out of the playoffs and Lamar Jackson, you know, Lamar Jackson, his way out of the playoffs, the Baker Mayfield played incredibly, incredibly well in the postseason, which was sort of the one benchmark we didn't have as a, a form of comparison. He was great. But if you go back through the numbers, which I did, uh, and I wrote about this today, is that uh those six games where you know Mayfield's really figuring out the scheme and they're trying to figure this thing out on the fly, he completed sixty point five percent of his passes. He threw for 182.5 yards per game. He had 10 touchdowns and six interceptions, six point four four yards per attempt. So, you know, that was the game manager stuff that was apt at the time, uh, like those are not good numbers. Those were, is this really a franchise quarterback numbers? Do we need to go get somebody else numbers? Those are, you know, those are bad. Uh, then from week seven through the playoffs, Baker Mayfield's completion percentage went up 3%. His yards per game went up 62, 62 yards he, his, his touchdowns remain the same. He actually dipped a little bit in terms of percentage. But he goes from six interceptions in the first six games at 3.5% of the time being intercepted uh, to three interceptions in those last 12 games at were 0.7%. And his yards per attempt went up from uh, 6.44 to 7.58. Those numbers get even stupider. Those numbers get even stupider when uh, I took out sort of the wind games because I knew people were going to specifically ask about that. His completion percentage goes up another 2%. His yards per game go all the way up to 275.2. Uh, and his his yards per attempt is 7.74. That's like terrific quarterback numbers uh, regardless of anything. Like that's just good football. Now the, some of the other quarterbacks in the league have like – more outrageous numbers. Deshaun Watson's numbers are, are just stupid. Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that. But those are phenomenal numbers. And, and the, it's not as if, like, Mayfield was throwing passes that just weren't being intercepted. They weren't like Josh Allen yesterday where he tried to give out freebies uh, to to, to uh, various Chiefs players uh, throughout the game. He tried to give it away twice, including the first drive of the game. Uh so, you know, Mayfield has just gotten better and better and better. Uh, and that includes the postseason. Like he was great in the postseason. He had four touchdowns. He had one interception, uh, you know he completing in, in, over sixty percent of his passes, and obviously he carried them to beat the Steelers. And had they been able to come back against the chiefs or or simply not fumbled, Mayfield would have been the big reason for them in that one. So he got to be on the biggest stage. And while people are still calling him a game manager, he was the dude on this team, unquestionably the best player in that Steelers playoff game. And he was better than Mahomes uh, in that Chiefs game. You know, So he has sort of proved himself in that regard. So if he just comes back and plays as well as he did in those final uh, 12 games, the Browns are in fantastic shape. God help the league if they continue to evolve his weaponry and he gets deep threats and he gets, you know, they, they continue to get better and expand what this offense can do because now he, he gets, you know, some cheapy touchdowns that go like 50 yards or whatever, like more of those Donovan people's Jones type plays uh, where it just, you know, becomes a joke walk-in type thing. They don't get those things. Like they had to work really hard to score points a lot of the time. So you know, obviously it's tough because you, you you take Baker Mayfield's 2020 stats and you're like, well, why are these great? Um, and it's, you know, it's tough. He's on his fourth head coach. He's on his fourth offense in four years when you uh, include Oklahoma. And he had to, you know, obviously this this messed up year in terms of learning the offense and trying to go out there and play well, that those first six games looked really bad and they sort of weighed, weighed down his overall performance, but when you get past that and you get to week seven and you go all the way, including the playoffs, he's just an outstanding quarterback and it makes it very easy to see where he's going and why I think it becomes very critical that you don't waste it. You don't sort of sit by and, and not try to maximize all the ability he has because he is that good. Uh, I, I think Uh, the chiefs game in particular, the interception was awful. Like he missed an open Higgins streaking down the sideline on, on what was the, you know, sort of the, the, the scramble drill at that point, he forced the ball that was late. He missed where he wanted to throw it. It was just a really bad idea. It got intercepted other than that throw. Like he was just unbelievably accurate, multiple keyhole throws, some plays that just had no business being made. And, you know, one of the reactions that I got coming out of that game is that's just how the playoffs are. No, it's not. Like, if they were, if they were, if he was just above average, they would have gotten absolutely blown out. He had to be almost perfect to get them within that, you know, that final drive uh, opportunity. So, you know, that's, that's to me should be a big focus is maximizing him and letting him grow. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens in terms of the NFL offseason. Obviously, the reports right now are not super positive we hope you know things go better in terms of the COVID situation and you get a truer off season uh because i think you know he will only benefit uh and the receivers will only benefit uh and they will just be better so it, you come out into the 2021 season and it doesn't mean that bigger mayfield's immediately going to be like you know you're running out chanting mvp but it does mean that the browns are a legitimate title contender because he they have him
1: well part of the thing is is with this offense you know the way it's construed what Kevin Stefanski likes he may not end up in MVP conversations because they're still going to run the ball years going further regardless of the running backs that are here um he's probably not going to contend for 5,000 yards per season and that's fine He's probably not going to contend for 50 touchdown passes in a season. Again, that's fine. It's more than fine. Um, But you have your guy. And whatever doubts there were, if anybody still has him, uh, that's on you. That is, by all means, a you issue. Nobody else, any way, shape, or form. Pete, Case Keenum uh, on the hook for almost $7 million next year uh cap hit of you know five million and change uh is it even necessary to keep him around because as we talk about this quarterback room it's you know they used to use the old line about Peyton Manning why does the backup, why does the backup never get any reps in practice? Well we don't practice effed I think the Browns are in that position. It doesn't matter it could be he is QB2, his name is Mr. X They've established the fact that, you know, they, they are in the position now, and this is what it means when you have your franchise quarterback is if you don't have your franchise quarterback, you're effed. So we don't practice being effed because we have a franchise quarterback.
0: Uh, I doubt they're going to do that. Um, I expect they'll keep Keen I, I think they're just looking at this. Look, if they need a, a, a three-game stretch or they need a playoff game to finish a playoff game or something, I think they're they're content with uh keenum i think unless somebody comes in and blows him away um that they'll stay that way money money you know considered maybe they come back and try to get some of that back and trim it a little bit and extend him another year or something who knows but I, you know i i doubt the browns are in a hurry to get rid of Ke- case keenum even if it might be financially smart to do that and the fact that when they they sort of signed that contract it looked good and then bad and then okay and then you know we're sort of unclear because you obviously had like guys like uh james winston signed for basically nothing
1: cam well, i'm Noonan just looking of- at a guy with a 5.3 million dollar cap hit that everybody is praying never takes a freaking snap
0: yeah i mean who knows they may look at it as like 5.3 million dollars in some weird way to like basically ensure that he never sees the field i i, I don't know <laughs> but that, yeah Part of this is, is does he have a value to Baker? I, I, I imagine he does, but I would be stunned if they get rid of Case Keenum. Uh, but, you know, that clipboard is firmly in, in his hands, uh, no danger of it going anywhere. So uh, I, I expect he'll be back.
1: Uh, and that's it. I mean, you know, we'll get to the draft process and you know, we'll see if something happens and, and changes with, you know, Keenum. Um it, undrafted free agent to you know take the practice squad reps um because you know case will be busy working with baker uh and you know for anybody with the questions of you know should he play or you know should you know case keenum get some reps those were fun days in well, the all not,
0: not for nothing that's the other benefit with keenum he never has to practice ever
1: no no no, oh, he's just sitting there, you know, and working with Baker. And yes, you read that correctly or in that, 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 that. And I mean, look, it's a good gig if you can get it. But, uh, you know, if it gets to the point here where, you know, the the money and the adjusting of the contract, I think I do like on your standpoint and, you know, maybe wink, wink. Hey, never know. We might need a cute quarterback coach a couple of years down the line. So why don't you stick around here? Um, it doesn't look like anybody's beaten down the door to, uh, with all these, co- with these quarterback openings to have you come, you know, pilot their ship, so to speak. Somebody wants to come in and throw a draft choice and maybe we can get cheaper at the position. I'm fine with it. Um, But for me, it's the theory of if it's not Baker, this team is effed. And I think that's a really good position to be in because there's so many teams out there continuously trying to find out who is manning their ship, who is their guy that's over. And just, it feels great to say it and a testament to Baker and all he's done. Now let's, uh, get this guy a little bit more and let's not let's stop playing arena football and let's start playing, you know, the real 110, I mean, the real hundred, hundred, 110, 120 yard field. If you count the end zones, give this guy every opportunity to take it to the next level. Cause he's certainly capable of it. We've gone through super bowl uh, preview uh, Well, not preview just yet, but obviously the fact that it'll be chiefs and Tampa Brady versus Mahomes, so get ready for that because you're going to hear that about 5 billion times over the next two weeks. We've talked about John Dorsey, back to work and maybe a year without a combine. Could be a good thing. And we have started our offseason positional review. Um, I'm sorry, review on the quarterbacks, um, obviously on Baker Mayfield. He is Pete Smith from Browns Digest on SI.com. Uh, make sure you're reading everything over there. Pete and his team, Buster Butts, put out great content day in, day out. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. The you show itself at Lockdown Browns. Uh, always follow back account. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Again, fo- uh, send a follow over there, DMs, whatever. I do my best to try to keep up with you guys. I appreciate the interaction. And just the positivity of where this fan base is now. A whole new world. And it's great to see so many of you, and a small amount who don't. That's fine. But so many of you starting to realize that it is a brighter, brighter time here for the Cleveland Browns. iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, rate, review. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.